Hi, I'm Brian. Must have just been full of gas, Watson Jones. And these are my cohorts. I am uh, Mikey Pinback Postal. I'm Joshua. Why'd they even bring that cat along, Humphrey? <laughs> <laughs> and this is Double Bill. Double Bill, Double Bill. Comparing culture, it's Double Bill. Putting two things together, it's Double Bill. It's Double Bill. Goes together like chocolate and peanut butter, like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, like a hamburger and a bun, like baby ducks and staple guns. Record scratch! Double bill, double bill, comparing culture, it's double bill. Putting two things together, it's double bill, it's double bill. So, I hosted this month, so I guess I'll be leading in. Uh, this month we double-billed two works by the same screenwriter, much of the same crew, uh, that are functionally the same script, only done in completely different genres. We've got Dark Star and Alien, which was a pairing I've been wanting to do for a while, and then after we did Jodorowsky's Dune during the last main episode, it brought Dan O'Bannon to the forefront, and it that Dune that never happened was the hinge between these two films, so it just seemed perfect to lead into the actual two films. It was kind of nice how organically that sort of like flowed. That was mm-hmm. like a really cool... Uh, look, how, look how far we've come, guys. Right? Yeah, well, things lead organically into other things. I was watching the documentary, and my thought was, well, I either have to do this pairing next or in like two years after we've forgotten mm-hmm. about this movie, because <laughs> it was too good of a lead-in to go, eh, a month, two months. Well, without beating it, I mean... It's really hard to forget a guy like Jodorowsky, man. Jodorowsky saw this and then said, Dan O'Bannon, he's my man. Dan O'Bannon, he's my man. He is my warrior. Oh, spiritual. <laughs> I feel like I feel like when we post this on Twitter, yeah, there's going to be somehow that Jodorowsky is going to like find us. God, be like, that would no, be wonderful. You are my warrior. Well, you warriors. know, I think one of the producers on Jodorowsky's Doom favorited the tweet when I sent it out. No shit. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. So wow. He favorited it, though. He didn't retweet it. Oh. You know, well, I, I made a joke. That's, of, that's, I, a, that's a very loose kind of endorsement. <laughs> I made a joke about Chuck Norris, and suddenly Chuck Norris is fucking fucking. You know, is, like, it, is it the verif- is it like a verified account of uh-huh. like Chuck Norris? It is the real. Yeah, Chuck Norris's beard is is the, it's the real thing. Yeah, so I hear Kelsey Grammer will retweet anything that mentions him. So you know, keep that in mind. Neil Gaiman does. Oh, nice. Uh, all right, so should we start with Dark Star then? Yeah, we'll yeah, start let's. with Dark Star. Yeah, everybody else did. All right, so Dark Star is loose plot. It is a comedy. Um, it was the student film that Dan O'Bannon did in school. John Carpenter directed uh, his first directorial effort. Mm-hmm. I think he's done some things since then as well. Um, it's, a few. Yeah. It's about a, a crew of astronauts who are on a long-term space mission. Uh, their functions seem to be bombing planets that are unstable and will eventually spiral into their suns and destroy them because that's possible. Um, in order, it's, clearing, it's clearing the way for colonists. Yeah, it, it's keeping the star systems safe and intact in order so that future colonists can actually use them instead of having right. this giant supernova to go around. And they're also on the lookout for life and stuff. And Definitely through a that. series of what I'm forced to call hijinks, uh, eventually they're all killed. Small crew, long-term mission. Yes, is very long. So there's how many people? There's like five or six. Uh, I think there's originally there's five, including the commander who died. The commander was what was his name? Powell. Again? Powell. Yeah. We got Doolittle, who's the commander now. Mm-hmm. We got Talby. Pinback. 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 And um, Boiler. Boar. Boiler. 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 Okay. And Talby. Uh, Talby is the one that sits up in the little kind of. Observation yeah, he's the one who doesn't time. leave the dome very much. So yeah. he kind of stays there. There's a there's an interchange that I I think I need to watch the movie again to like kind of get because Doolittle goes up there. It's like Talby, why are you sitting up here all the time? Come meet with the crew. Come meet with the crew. Yeah. Whatever. And I kind of like they were having like an exchange, and I didn't really kind of like. Mm-hmm. Get all of it, but it's just like Talby eventually comes down for there with catastrophic consequences. Well, well, he comes down to be the only one who's doing his job properly, and everyone ignores him. And there's the catastrophic. Con- oh, I'm going to check on the system fault. Oh, I found it. It's in a major piece of machinery. Then they turn off his radio because they don't want to listen to him anymore. Yeah, exactly. Well, and the- commander, commander, let it up, Talby. Let's just uh, all right. So let's just address. It is a student film. Yeah, um, yeah. And the one thing which I looks said- really good for a student film. You think? Well, I didn't. How many student films? I based never saw any right. crew That's walking true. in the background carrying boomboxes. <laughs> well, 
Well, here's, here's so that's like fifty percent of them out of the way. Because it was only like a like I, from what I understand of USC's like got student film guidelines at the time. They like a student film was like supposed to be thirty minutes or something, hmm. and then like it they went past that by like maybe forty five or something, and then it was no longer a student film, right? Like for festival stuff for, at USC, and then they were like, "Well, what are we going to do with it now?" They there's a quote that um, I want. I've, I've been sitting. On, I just I love this quote. Uh, like Carpenter O'Bannon said that. The, the major motion picture, the studios, took what was a really good student film and turned it into a really shitty movie. I mean, yeah. And so... It, it, Did the studios have much hand in it? Well, they were... I mean... Really? Well, well, it, the distribution of The movie. distribution? Right. So you think hmm. they're like, we're going to put this... Nobody's done... And we kind of talked about it last time when we were talking about Dune. But we... You have a movie that's pretty innovative. You're, I mean, for that, I'll be... They show like the yeah, Interstellar. Yeah, pretty early on in the whole sci-fi. Oh, this is a feature like seventy-four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, which means they probably shot it in what what seventy-three. But up until mm-hmm. then, uh, and Jodorowsky mentions that no one had made a very epic space movie uh, except for two thousand one. Yeah, when was two thousand one in the sixty-eight? Spectrum? Okay, yeah. So that was well established by the time they started. Yeah, and I and I and I admit personally that. Even for like a seventy-minute movie, which is pushing it in terms of like major releases, because they want to have an at least eighty-five minutes. Nowadays, right. they're like, if you're going to have a major motion picture, it's got to be at least eighty to eighty-five minutes minimum. Yeah, it's a Otherwise, bad sign when you're releasing an eighty-minute right. motion picture, <laughs> which means Men that they're in black too. Oh, <laughs> so they're like really cramming the cheese in there. But mm-hmm. for me personally, it just it was kind of challenging to get into, like to get myself into, like, all right, I know what it's about. Yeah, but I also was like watching and thinking. This is, I mean, okay. This is either going to be existential. What helped? Yeah, this me? is this is definitely pre Star Wars pacing. Oh sure, oh yeah. But the use of the shit, which I thought was great, the whole like interstellar, like as soon as they drop the bomb and they go, and like all the the lights flashing mm-hmm. by. Them. Yeah, um, and this was in pre CG days, so they had to do all that by mm-hmm. hand, paint it directly onto film cells or splice in animation or something. And all things considered, for the time period, it looked. Pretty good. Yeah. Especially considering, mm-hmm. you know, what, $55,000 budget? Right. Which, which is, is a drop in the bucket. Half of a house. Right. So. I've had a problem with expectations recently with movies. I, I don't know if you've experienced this as a human being or not. <laughs> but, but, like, in terms Tell of... Tell me more of this thing called sure. expectations. Sure. Like, you know, you go into things and you think, like, this is going to be great and it's not great. Or you mm-hmm. go into things with very low expectations and it turns out to be, oh, that was, that was acceptable and or really excellent. Well... Yeah. Uh, well, this is, like... I think I went into it thinking like it was going to be some sort of lost gem, and I think that was from uh, like maybe like a Joe Dawarski side kind of talk up of it, like in terms of like you know he found Dan O'Bannon and everything yeah. through this movie, and I, I, <laughs> I, I, I and I think I was expecting more of an epic space tale, you know what right. I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of what we're used to, in terms of like um, Star Wars, I guess, and then maybe like. Uh, like my touchstone for sci-fi like stuff for opera stuff is like you know with a lot of drama and space like um, um, Farscape and but uh, like that that's what I was like kind of expecting and I didn't get it and I was like uh, even with the disclaimer at the front that yeah. says this <laughs> is not a epic sci-fi yarn with that's supposed to be very serious or anything it's just it's supposed to be a comedy take it as a comedy and it's it's it's, it's even though that even though that they said that to me i was still like in my head because i'm a contrarian like mm-hmm. uh, they're trying to trick they're, you're trying to trick me dan o'bannon <laughs> like you're just being yeah you're being well there that he's trying to be meta so that when you go into yeah. it you're like Oh, oh, you know, but and it still took me about a half an hour to be like, okay, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah, well, I I think I mentioned when I uh, brought this pairing up in the first place, I saw a portion of this movie when I was I don't know eleven, didn't realize it was a comedy and shut it off, and I rewatching it now, I remember which portion I saw. It was at some some point of the twenty to twenty five minute chase scene between Pinback and the alien. That resolves in nothing happening. The <laughs> alien. Right. Well, let the alien get shot. Watching that, well, yeah, but I think I cut it and switched it off before that. It was this long, like, and the alien's trapping him in a place and he's fine. Well, and the, yeah, well, kind the, of, yeah, kind of, not the, air, very, the, the elevator, the elevator. Yeah, the, yeah. Ele- this slow burn that leads to nothing. So Dark Star that's, is, that's what I watched. That's what didn't work for me. And it kind of didn't work for me again, I think, because this time I realized this is twice as long as it should be. See, I watched the, that scene particularly as a, 
uh, from a filmmaking standpoint, because you know it was a guy laying on his back in a hallway, probably at USC, yeah. and like rolling around. That's what it was. So mm-hmm. uh, just just to clarify, so Dark Star as a student film, it's a it's a blue collar sort of movie. Yeah. Where it's like it's just very space mund- truckers, I guess. Yeah. Is what I kind of yeah. Describe very it mundane. They gave space truckers thermonuclear weapons. Yeah. Right. And and so you know they they're sitting and I liked. What I liked about it is when you first are introduced to a majority of these people, they're in a very confined space. You know, mm-hmm. they're like knees to elbows in front of their, their consoles. Uh, Talby is up in this tiny little pod, like a, yeah, like a gunner pod. Yeah, bubble. And he's just content watching the universe go by. Um, and I guess, you know, like the, the pacing of the entire thing isn't deliberate. It's just a result of their... Of their Limitations as a budget, you know, as a student film. Well, and then this mm-hmm. happened, and then this happened, yeah. and this happened, and they're not necessarily connected with any kind of narrative tissue. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's kind of where, for me, it was just like, uh, it was like really, for me, it was just a struggle to maintain my, my attention because, like, okay, well, this guy's got a fake gun that has shitty effects. Uh, their, their alien mascot. Uh, <laughs> was a fucking beach ball with rubber monster hands with rubber monster feet. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And and uh, didn't oh, sorry, didn't James Cameron like work on this film at some point? I feel like he was like one of the. Oh. Yeah. So I. Maybe. I mean. Maybe. No, but I don't. I don't. I don't remember that specifically. But when I was listening to Masters of Carpentry, uh, the podcast I linked you to. Yes. For this. They mentioned that Dan O'Bannon then like went and did effects on Star Wars for mm-hmm. like the consoles and stuff. Like he did all of those effects or some of those effects or something. Uh, but I don't remember James Cameron being on there. You're all looking on your phones right now to try to. No, I'm looking at something to else. determine the veracity of whether or not James Cameron was on this. Stuff. And maybe he was. Maybe he, he worked. I mean, was he? Did he go to USC at some I don't point? Know. Wait, well, let's just let's just make a rule here and double bill. James Cameron doesn't need any more fucking press. We'll just not talk about James Cameron. God wrote damn directed it. aliens. Stop. Yes, ma'am. You're, uh, just, you're just looking for more James Cameron connections. Ah, so I mean, that's I mean, we're connect, smash. We're, we're connecting two films. I don't know if that's you're just now realizing what the purpose of this podcast is. So if James Cameron had a hand in prep here, for every one of these, I I build a serial killer room that's a bunch of strings tied between newspaper articles. It's the circle of life. Anyway, an African catchphrase. Jumba jumba jumba, unbreakable. <laughs> oh, kitten, robot house. Uh, so, so anyway, it, there were parts of this movie that I really thought were pretty innovative. Like the talking to Powell. Um, mm-hmm. Your notes, please. Uh, you, Josh Humphrey is like also extraordinary. He's our prosecutor. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I wrote really that extensive notes. I wrote stuff that I liked and stuff that like struck me. I liked uh, the do little interchange with the bomb at the end of the movie. I thought that was fun. Where yeah. it's sort of talking the bomb. Yeah, the into, summation of the yeah. introduction of philosophy. Yeah, the philosophy thing where he basically uh, he's not supposed to do that. I like that you imbue artificial intelligence in something that is going to explode. <laughs> but I like. Right. But I think the the nice commentary was that it was also super positive and upbeat. So the voice was like. He goes, do you know what your mission well, is? Well, 19 was upbeat. 20 was getting irritated with the constant right. voice alarms. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he goes, now you're not going to blow up until you hit the planned surface. Absolutely not. I, I really like the idea of them tooling around the galaxy, just blowing up stars, kind of like in the midst of ennui or any kind of like just malaise. Yeah. They're just kind of bored with it at this point, even I though they've done it like... Found a potential for intelligent life. Forget that. Just find me something to blow up. Exactly. Yeah, right, right, right. It's their only yeah. like avenue of excitement. I definitely did find things to like in this film, but I don't know how much of that is um, historical perspective of like, well, he went on to make good stuff. Maybe we should see if there's good stuff in this. Like, if I saw a film at this level that was made now, would I be able to pick out and say, well, that had potential, and I like that bit. Well, here's an interesting... uh, So, have you guys seen Interstellar yet? Nope. No. Okay. Are you guys kind of familiar with the conceit, though, of the Christopher Nolan Interstellar? Yes. That's fine, because we've all seen the previews. Yes, I live on the internet. Yes. So, um... Interesting. At the very beginning, you know, so like after the scroll, and I want to talk about the scroll in a minute because that was like Dan. The just so you guys know, uh, listeners, we watched the uh, the seventy five minute uh, re release that actually has Dan O'Bannon wrote uh, a new like Star Wars kind of scroll before the movie starts mm-hmm. where, as a disclaimer, and it's hilarious, you know, and he, where where he explains this is a comedy. Yeah. 
Um, it's lovely because it, it's somebody who has since had his ego rebuilt looking back on his biggest failure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's I mean, very self-aware. And, and talks yeah talks about how he and John Carpenter poked their heads into the theater. And he's like, we just want to gauge audience reaction. And the theater owner was like, what audience? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, it was like a funeral dirge is going on, you know? So, um, but then the movie proper starts with that, like, little, like, guy going, well, hello. I'm really glad you guys are doing so well out there. You know, almost like a... a uh, a Prellinger archive kind of thing where the guy is like talking to them mm-hmm. you know don't wait so long between your messages you know just to let you know we played your last one the entire world got a major pro- you know the guy with the turn prime time prime time so sorry to hear your commander got killed yeah so and we're denying your request for radiation shielding Interstellar apparently deals with a theme like that where um they are on that interstellar, you know, going mm-hmm. through wormholes and shit like that, and sending messages back to his kids. And then he will in turn get messages, but as they're only aging a couple of years, spoiler, uh, while traveling through inner space, mm-hmm. he's seeing, like, his kids grow. Mm-hmm. And then, like, their messages become more and more bleak and dire, and they're just like, we don't even know if you're getting these anymore, or we're, you know, are you dead? They told us to maybe kind of prepare for, so if we don't send anymore, just... Sorry, we love you. You know, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I was like, wow. Like, we talk about, like, the feelers. Like, we spent some time with Joe Roski's Dune talking about the things that other movies sort of glommed. And you pointed mm-hmm. out, you're like, some of those are reaching. But you still can find, like, Dark Star. Like, the whole ship thing. Again, we have oh, yeah. the Empire's, the the, the, Empire, the Imperial Star Destroyer coming through, you know. All of those things. Like, the, the lights flashing. So, like, this is what it looks like to go through. I'm gesticulating again. Sorry. But that's what it looks like to go through. You're hitting travel. me in the face. Um... I'm currently chewing on Brian Watson Jones' ponytail. Um, but I think those are... <laughs> yep. So I think those are like some really, really interesting uh, things that we can see, like the ripples going through time. Otherwise... Yeah. I haven't seen I haven't even seen Interstellar, like as I said already, but like uh, Pinback's sort of like... It was reminding me when you were talking about it, of Pinback's like sort of like log where mm-hmm. he gets progressively older and like is growing out his hair and everything. Mm-hmm. So that's what it reminded me of when you were talking beards. about Beards. Space beards. Oh yeah, yes. space beards all over the place. So something this reminded me a lot of was Catch-22, this weird... This weird feel in the 70s of everybody's being eaten by this mindless, stupid, stupid bureaucracy. Right. And if you don't fight it, you'll be destroyed. And if you do fight it, you'll be destroyed faster. And the only way not to is just to cut out of the system altogether. And run. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Dark Star really draws that that connection out. Yeah, it that doesn't much. draw it out. I mean, that it was one of the things I liked about it. But everything I liked about this film, they didn't quite know how to go all the way with. Right. I feel like yeah. that was one of them. They definitely hit it. I mean, it's about a damn spaceship where everyone's sort of given up and they're going to be killed by a bomb who's having a, a, a crisis of an existential crisis bomb. It, it sort of comes together really fast. Let there be light. It, yeah, and it feels like the movie actually proper felt to me like it was like four hours long. It was pulling a Ghost Rider and that made me have cage rage. Mm-hmm. But uh, but you notice like as soon as it got to the end, it was like Let's like everything in and let's hurry up and finish this up right. really quick. And they had a great like countdown thing of crap. We've got eleven minutes and the bomb hasn't detached. We have to go, go and do things. Yeah. And had a very really nice pacing and drive to that part. Yeah, I think the whole which movie was sort of been like about dealing with the bomb going off. Like you could have like expanded that a lot more, oh, a lot further. Cut out twelve because that's of where that everything sort of chase. gelled for me. Like right. I got interested in the narrative, like to the alien... extent where I was like, "Oh yeah, oh this is good. I like this." Yeah, you're right. The damn mm-hmm. alien chase was just like it was almost nauseatingly like protracted. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, what it was, was like it was for it was for padding yeah. for this yeah. movie. <laughs> that's it, what it was. For. It was like listening to the Benny Hill theme slowed down four times. <laughs> wow! Wow! Just, yeah. <laughs> And then at the end, they shoot the alien with a tranquilizer dart, and it blows away because it's a balloon, and that's it. It's a brush off hands, done with the alien. It's a fucking beach ball. And, you know, but the Powell, I want to talk about the Powell thing Mm -hmm. also, because I thought that was... Him and Ice? That was was an interesting conceit. I liked that. And I guess it's it's a Philip K. Dick thing, where you're able to communicate with the dead via impulses and they can communicate. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to talk. They're not 
like a, a revenant or whatever, you know, but they they can still like communicate. And it was like right. but the image of him on ice with like the white over eyes and, and just, the wires going into his head. Oh, freaky. Yeah. I thought that was like a really creepy conceit. Yeah, that, that looks pretty good, actually. And then, yeah. you know, to hear him like talking until like, you started getting quieter and quieter. And it's like. Yeah, see, I feel like if they played up the Catch-22 thing, which was a legit black comedy that people enjoyed and threw in a lot more of that weird sci-fi stuff that mm-hmm. attracted Jodorowsky and and it's still a feeling that you don't get much outside of 70 sci-fi movies of the universe is infinite and we're fucked. Well, and that's I was telling Brian, I was telling Brian that this movie for some reason or another invoked Apocalypse Now mm. to me because you have and again, here we are like finding, you know, maybe we're reaching but we're still finding things like the whole like I'm doing a diary and Apocalypse Now requ- relies on Marchin's narrative. Yeah. Um, the whole like the pointlessness of what their assignment is and some of them are just like into it to blow shit up and you see that in Apocalypse Now. Oh yeah. All the way yeah, down. He's got this very very important mission and by the end of it it's just nonsense. It's just one piece of nonsense in a world of nonsense. Yeah. All the way down to the ending which is uh Pinback, uh, was Pinback riding the no? No, no, no. It was Doolittle. Doolittle. Doolittle had the dream of surfing. Surfing down to a planet's surface, you know. So he burns up in the atmosphere. Yeah, Doolittle kind of gets his wish, and so does Talby to you mm-hmm. know be lost in the stars, I guess, for millennia upon millennia. Yeah, yeah, and that's. Yeah. I mean, Talby got his wish, right? Yeah, he mm-hmm. got to to fly with the the Phoenix Phoenix asteroids. asteroids. Yeah, yeah. And that was such. A, yeah, I mean. Uh, I and I and I do this. I confess, and you busted me on this right now. And, and Brian, I, I during these uh, assignments, I end up looking sometimes at the trivia and the shit, you know, on my phone, and like making sure I got the plot. Nothing wrong with that. But I mean, human being. But they, but you know, they put some thought into like the phoenix, you know, the phoenix like mm-hmm. clusters and shit like that, you know, and I'm like that, that's not just a student film can just be like a piece of shit. Uh, it can be like your THX one one three eight, or or your Dark Star, you know, where they're like they're obviously way better, but at the same time the concepts you can appreciate, which had never been seen on film before, yeah. in their in their rawest forms. So for that much, I I, I appreciate Dark Star. Would I ever watch it again? Huh. <laughs> I think I appreciated more than anything else just the fact that a student film, a student, a goofy comedy sci-fi film would address the issue of relativistic speeds changing how time passes in in subjective and objective time. Right. That's smart. That, that they would go, you know, this it's kind of screw you up. Three-year mission that takes 40 years? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's let's deal with that. Well, then we have John Carpenter's score, mm. which, uh, if you get, well, I mean, it was like a lot of same, you know, like, well, it's... Well, that's the cool and awful thing about making a score by just watching the completed cut and playing along and using that. <laughs> what else is... I mean, he's done the score to, like, fucking his, like, Big Trouble in the Well, everything. Right, yeah. Ho- Holly, Halloween. Yeah, it ends up being very minimalist, but yeah, that Halloween thing is iconic now. Yeah. So, he, I just, uh, he just... I'm still... I've just got the image of the frozen dead body, which they use now. On like mains, if you like were to purchase it on Amazon, that's the image you get. That's the image you get. Yeah, that's your box art. Well, I mean, it's very visually striking. It's kind of like the movie Zombie with the like the zombie face. Yeah, yeah. And somebody was like, "Oh, I really want to see that." I'm like, the movie sucks, dude. That thing is in it for like two seconds. It's like <laughs> yawn. Is that the one with the shark? Yes. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Where the zombie fights the shark. <laughs> we talked about. All right, that. I'm down. Did we? I we did well. No, remember the 30 Days of Halloween? Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's right. I I rented it. I'm like, well, I was unemployed, so I had time to see shitty shark zombie movies, <laughs> as opposed to the high quality zombie shark movies that Hollywood's well, putting out. That are just too expensive. The high quality zombie beaver movies, zombie beaver. Oh, oh yeah, that's a pinnacle of American cinema. <laughs> oh god, it's American. <laughs> I was hoping for Canada. It's not Canadian, though. No. Oh damn it. So we, should we move on to Alien? I think so. Let's take a break. Yeah, break it. And we're back. And for part two of this one, we went a little more obscure than Dark Star with Alien, a very generically titled feature from uh, 70s. Um, yes, it's super 
super famous film. Uh, for, <laughs> I've never seen it before. For good reason. Yeah, Mikey had never seen it. It was weird. Like, we kept bringing it up, and he kept just immediately forgetting it existed. I want to um, bring up the fact, first of all, when we were, when we were going to pair these, you had mentioned, like, what are we going to say? Yeah. About Alien. What do I say about Alien? That has not already been said a gazillion times. And then rehashed. Rehashed and rethought. About how great it is once Prometheus came out and everybody hated Prometheus. And hey, hey, do you remember how great Alien was? Let's go whack and watch Alien again. Yeah. Yeah. Go whack and watch Alien. Whack and watch. Wow. Go whack and watch. Those people have some very specific issues. I mean, come on. I'm, I'm sure that some people were doing that. But we can... Great I mean, metaphor. Great. But we can... I mean... Mm-hmm. So the movie Alien, in case you were raised in Tibet, in a cave, uh, deaf, blind, mute, sad, maybe... In which case, welcome to the internet. Be Hi. very careful. I'm hoping you're hearing us okay. Greetings. So I, I want to dr- just jump back quick. Dan O'Bannon's opening scrawl in Dark Star mm-hmm. had, the quote, had a line where he said... Uh, so this was a comedy... And then I, I crawled, he goes, I was so devastated by the experience of people hating Darkstar that I pretty much crawled into a cave. But then I came back with the script and decided, I am going to make Darkstar, but instead of people laughing, I will make them scream. And then that was the genesis of Alien. Yeah, which has got to be the best recovery from a fall in Hollywood history. Oh, for oh, yeah. sure. Like, oh, this yeah. movie didn't go well. Uh, all right, I'll make one of the most iconic space horror movies in the history of cinema. Yeah. Well, you know, to be grand, what happened between Dark Star and Alien is, well, what not happened was Joe Dwarski's Dune. <laughs> right. <laughs> where right. he met Mobius uh-huh. and he met Giger. 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 And brought them along when he did Alien. Yeah, and, yeah. like, I mean, a lot of Alien, unlike the direction of Alien is great, the story of Alien is good, verging on great, but then, the, like, the design of the monster yeah, is it's, fantastic, it, and that's all down to Giger. God. Right. I, well, it's I mean, also the pacing of the film, which is down to, uh, the what's his name, director? Oh, yeah, Ridley? Ridley, Ridley. Scott. Jesus. Ridley and Scott. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will beat you over the head with themes, but back then... Uh, nobody really knew him from Mary, but this guy, he, yeah. So I think to talk about it is to maybe talk about if you have any recollection of your first impressions. Now, as the resident senior citizen of our trifecta, mm-hmm. I can tell you both. How's um, your calcium, Mikey? You getting uh, enough calcium for your bones? My cholesterol's a little high. Um, don't ever rewatch G.I. Joe Retaliation. Um, so my recollections of the film were... Obviously, I was an infink, practically. You know, I was only like five or six. But I, I knew about horror movies, scary movies. You know, my, mm-hmm. my family wasn't really like, stay away. Stay away from boobs, but let, let's watch the gory horror movies. And it, like probably around 1980 or so, when you remember when movies would come out and before, and before VHS release, they'd come out and become sanitized on, again, uh, television. So, right. Uh, we had a sanitized version that... Was 20 minutes long? It scared the pants off mm. of me. The whole, like, it just, I remember, like... What do you cut out uh, in the sanitized version In the this? sanitized version, and you think about it, the, the worst part of it was probably uh, the chest burster. Chest burster scene? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that, I remember, like, you would see the, the, the t-shirt start to bump, you know, and, like, some kind of blood splatter, but they would not show, like, the actual excision of the beast coming out of the, of the uh, xenomorph coming... Ha! Ha ha! Coming out of uh, John Hurt's chest, you yeah. know. Um, Which, oh, that's one of those scenes when I watch it, I I try to put myself in the mindset of an audience watching it on opening night because I've known it my whole life. I knew it for ten years mm-hmm. before I saw the film, just because it's parodied. Ever I'd seen Spaceballs. Yeah, so, yeah. You, trying to put I myself in the mindset. Did you see that Ice Pirates movie? Yes. Just trying to put myself in the mindset, right? Trying to put myself in the mindset of someone watching it for the first time when they have no idea what's coming. Oh, God damn. That's a... Uh, uh, Expectations. Again. That's... Uh, right. What's her name uh, in the movie? Uh, she played Mulder's mom. Uh, the, I should probably know that. That was Mulder's mom? Yes. Holy crap. Are you talking about the woman who played Lambert? That's it. Yeah. Well, her reaction. It's, that's the audience. 
Oh yeah, know? that's mm-hmm. the audience. Well, they they didn't tell the other actors this was going to come. Yeah, I've heard. Which that. is one of those things they've, that's been said and rehashed well, they, many times. Yeah, but they didn't know exactly what was going to happen, so they got honest reactions from damn near everybody. Well, and I think they weren't expecting. They, knew, I mean, you can't go on a set with a guy sitting there with a cut open right. table. Hey, but, John, why are you lying on the table? I have surprise. No, I don't feel like moving. <laughs> right. So they, but I think just the splatter and the the gore of it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I mean, everybody knows Alien. Uh, again, space truckers, blue collar right. guys who are Which mining on the Nostromo. Interesting thing to do. I mean, the sci-fi before that had mostly been, you know, the big heroes. It's Star Trek and yeah, Flash yeah. Gordon and Star Wars, just, even and making it into just yeah. And this is we hauled cargo. Yeah, we're, mm-hmm. the mundane. There's stuff here that needs to be here, so we got a big ship that moves in between. And really, them before. Anybody else is going to run into weird shit in space. Right, mm-hmm. right. And so so they're on the, again, they're all in cryostasis. The same conceit of, like, the weird, like, right. teletype 70s looking computer, 70s yeah. computer, you know, mm-hmm. brings them out of cryosleep. They uh, come near LV, uh, was it, 426. 426. Four, mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, and like they're, I remember they're, that, but no more than two characters' names. Just. Right. So the banter, though, is like, re- like think about um, the banter between Sigourney Weaver, you know, Ripley and uh, uh, and Yafikoto, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're just you know, like we're yeah, talking about more it, money. What's his name? The little, little rat face guy. Rat face guy. Who's, That's uh, Brett. 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 Thank yeah. you. So, but you know, that kind of banter, like, yeah, you'll get more. You know, it's just it's so. Nat- it's like a very natural kind of thing. Well, these are obviously like you know ground level concerns for these people. Like, Absolutely, I, mean, I need more money. I want more money. Can I get more money? Yeah. Right. And to talk about opening scrawl, we talk. We've we name check Star Wars like pretty much every single goddamn podcast. But you know the the beginning of like hey guys, the, Star Wars exists. So remember the, Star Wars? You know, yeah, the blockade runner and you know the Imperial mm-hmm. Destroyer. Well, this one took and they and they again they lampooned it in Spaceballs. The the Nostromo. Was like, this is the biggest freaking ship you have ever seen, and it's it was not like, pretty, and, and it's, it's not no, aerodynamic. Balls. It has like four towers. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's pointing like, off yeah, in the bolt. directions it's not. It's going. Like it doesn't binary. look like aerodynamic, but right. then it's not in an atmosphere. So why right. would it exactly. have to be aerodynamic? There's no pretty uh, inside. It's all like gangplanks and like grading and yeah. and There's like water everywhere. And it's everything on the ship. It has it, everything is wet because it is large enough to have its own like. Internal yeah. ecosystem, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? And like a cat. It's a weather sphere. Like and, a, and a cat that, that they brought along clouds. for some yeah. reason. Right. Well, they get so, the mice. <laughs> well, it, like on a ship. Yeah. Well, know, Jonesy right? fucking failed because there was a mouse-sized chestburster meandering around, and it could have. Well, it probably would have burned. Its well, face if they tried to make blood. this one into a comedy, the cat would have gotten. <laughs> so the cat would have gotten it, and then that would have been over, and something else would have happened. So I, I uh, as a kid though, watching this, my other thing is like. The I wanted a toy, you know, and and Kenner was going to try to market it as as toys. They're doing it now. You can find alien toys oh, good. at sure at yeah. Barnes and Noble, like the Kenner style. Warning: even. choking hazard. Oh yeah, but, yeah, but those but those aren't for kids. They're for man baby adults. Man baby adults. Like Warning: your friend, choking hazard. <laughs> like your friend Mikey. But there was an actual release, and I remember this seeing it in Time Magazine, um, a model kit. There was two model kits. There was a model kit for the Nostromo, mm-hmm. and there was a model kit for the actual Xenomorph. Hmm. With like, and that was the first as a kid. I just thought it was like a big, you know, like it's Giger's penis, you know, thing. But but you could actually see Arm inside penis. it. It's like it's clear, and you can see a skull. Oh, so they had hmm. a, they had a visible man Xenomorph. Yeah, and that's and I found that out like now recently since they hmm. started doing all those fucking re-releases and. I mean, and, and that's, I think, what we're getting into is the fact that this is a cultural touchstone that gave birth to, like, you mentioned that this is, like, sci-fi horror. Aliens ended up becoming sci-fi, sci-fi action. action. Mm-hmm. And then the subsequent, I mean... What is Alien 3, though? I Alien 3 is. is, like, called a failed... Oh, that's the prison planet. It's a failed concept. Well, but yes, it's, that, but, that's part of the reason Alien 3 failed. Alien 1 is about rape. Alien 2, Aliens, is about motherhood. Alien 3 is about, what about a dog? <laughs> that's why I like Alien 3 I enjoyed it but it doesn't have that same sort of like we've got a new unique hook on the franchise it's yeah. just like Prison Planet Dog Alien uh, um, or Liquid time, Steel that was the first time I remember though finding out that the Xenomorphs when they when they 
mm-hmm. when they crossbreed, they they take on the attributes of oh, yeah. whatever right, they're. Which is a clean. great idea. Great it's concept. A creepy thing. If they'd done that a little more, kind of like. Yeah, if they made it into, I don't know what they could have made it about, pet ownership? <laughs> well, well it's a weird thing to say, hey, species, we're going to now own you. Well, um, it's it's funny that uh, I think... Guys, I got a great new idea for the new Alien franchise. Uh, pet ownership, that's the hook. Here's right? the funny thing, well, though. Well, a hook, any hook would have been nice. You know, know Dark Star... Of just, uh, running. Dark Star was, uh, you know, Dan O'Bannon's... All British guys. Dan O'Bannon's, like, saw, you know, freshman effort, yeah. you know, and it begat Alien, Right. Right. So the interesting thing is that, and this is way loose, but go with me. So Aliens 3, the third one, Alien 3, Alien was uh, David Fincher's uh, freshman effort, you know, and he mm-hmm. has been very vocal about shitting on it. Uh, the fourth one, that was Josh fucking Josh Whedon, Whedon, man. He's, a, he's it, the writer on it. He was the writer on it. Yeah, but, but he is also Was that the first stretching his legs out of like... That was, uh, that was the director who did uh, Delicatessen and uh, Amelie. Roseanne too. Oh, that's right. The, the, yeah. yeah, Luke Besson? No, no. No, Jean... Jean... Jean Merci, Pee-wee. Merci, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, I, ha- I have a I think odd nostalgia for, like, Alien Resurrection, too, just in sort yeah. of the grotesqueness. Well, I think Resurrection would have worked right. if it wasn't an Aliens movie. If it was just a weird sci-fi film by a French director, like Fifth Element or something, sure, yes. it would have found its loving audience, and most of society would have gone, "That was odd." But like the most effective part of that movie, I think, is when she walks in on all like the previous like uh, versions of oh, her. Oh yeah, clone. right. I right. love that scene. Uh, I, yeah, because the existential crisis again. It's just like, Ugh. I personally am a fan of any movie, and we've again we've name checked this man, but the legend, Ron Perlman. Mm. Uh, who has a line delivery? Where the fuck are the army guys? And right. I and I remember watching, going, the, "That's another, like I'm like that's that's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen." And it's also the best question to ask: like, Are we on a ship full of army guys? Isn't that what this is? I know, and just it's it's it's, it's ridiculous. I think if you just like accept it as a ridiculous, weird movie, but again, now from there, which that was a quadrology. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, they gave birth to the idea of the fan service movies. And I think there's something, I mean, they sucked, but Alien vs. Predator 1 and 2. Right. No Which good. is based entirely on an Easter egg from Predator 2. Yeah, yeah. So. Which I think, again, people hated it, but I like Predator 2. I actually kind of like Danny. I like the idea that what they wanted to do was like, hey, this is Predator in the Jungle. Here's a different jungle. Mm-hmm. And people are like, well, how has this got a tie-in? You're like, it's not meant to be. It's meant to say... It's it's just an alien in the city, and he's gonna fuck some shit up. Right. Um, but Did you the, notice it's the same creature design. That that's the tie-in. Yeah, and <laughs> it's Kevin Peter Hall, the big giant guy who played it, mm-hmm. and that as a kid in like 1990 when the movie came out, mm-hmm. um, seeing that made us all go yeah. And then what do they do? Like 15 years later, they're like, let's try to do this movie and. Dark Horse Comics probably, I think, had... had oh, yeah, they, that was like a quarter of their mm-hmm. run for like a decade. Yeah. Right, right. So, to Occasionally, well, Batman would fight both of them. And, sure. And there's a there's also an actual... Was, was that fan... There's a fan film out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, I think so. With, uh, yeah. With, no, I can't remember the name of it now. But, yeah, it's it's very well made. It's very well made. Walter Koenig's son as the Joker. Yeah, and he's a good Joker. I like that, mm-hmm. like, crazy... Yeah, anyway, so... Um, I think that Alien, getting back to it, right? Uh, as a... It, it's intricately tied into all this stuff. That's what it's done. It's, it has it either kicked off or found itself closely, closely, in, in, inexorably tied. That was the wrong pronunciation of the word Inexorably. that I should have used in the first place. Um, <laughs> it, is a, it is a nexus for many other films. Yeah, it is tied very deeply into a lot of cultural stuff. And talking about monster design mm. exclusively... Uh, Giger basically it just it blew up. That thing is y- y- the tail and yeah, the, and the mouth that the opens head. the head and the mouth that opens with a tiny mouth that comes and gets you. You never really see uh, outside of the initial birthing of it any kind of bloody nasty violence. And 
the, again, it, get, it gets back to the yeah, whole... Yeah, there's like quarter-second shots of heads getting the... Yeah, and, and I think that's the because they, they couldn't do it, per yeah. se, because yeah. it's just a man in a suit. Well, and it's like that, If the camera I mean, lingers they're... on it too long, the illusion breaks. Yeah. The technological limitations of it, like Jaws, mm-hmm. made it, ended up making it stronger because yeah. your brain's filling in the gaps. It, it sees a quarter-second shot and goes, this was before and this was after, and that's horrible. Right. And Which is, I think, why Aliens works so well, because you know, like you feel in the blanks from the first alien mm-hmm. in terms of like how dangerous this creature is and then you have a whole movie centered around escaping from these things dealing with a lot of them at the same time yeah well even just they have the whole colony planet and you see bad things happen to like three members of a couple hundred mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. everything else is implied that, there were a bunch of people now there's a bunch of aliens and i know exactly what happened in between yeah and we know and oh. And, like, you see the egg chamber. And, like, even the egg chamber in Alien, that viscerally, like, when he... It's just, like, everything's a slow build. The space jockey, which we didn't need to know. No. But it was just, like... It what? made it part of a larger universe. And you're just like... A friend of mine was so excited to figure out the mystery of the space jockey yeah. in Prometheus. And then that was just totally dashed. Horseshit. I listened to, the, listened to Ridley Scott commentary on Alien before Prometheus came out. And it made so much... I, I haven't seen Prometheus. So I don't know how much it... But I've, I've, by God, heard secondary responses to Prometheus. And the explanation of the space jockey in, the, in his explanation was... Yeah, he's a bombardier. They drop these things on planets that they're attacking. So that the egg chamber is a bomb bay. What? It makes sense. It does make sense. Right. But it's like George Lucas saying, uh, yeah, so the reason why Darth Vader has to wear a breathing suit is because he got into a fight on a lava planet. And that was like a little nugget from like the 70s and early 80s. Next thing you know, we have Revenge of the Sith. And like, mm-hmm. there's a fucking fight on a lava planet. A little obnoxious, but a fight. And I, I just, that, those kind of, but like even little details, like the hockey pad stupid Flight suits, right? Mm-hmm. The uh, when John Hurt first is like going down, and he slips. Everything. God, le- I was watching. That, I was like, "You dumbass!" Well, Jesus no, Christ! No, but, you're just like, <laughs> but that the dread that you're just like. Yeah. That's probably not a thing. And like, there's yeah. well, like the flickering screen to like you know they're watching it, but like Ash is watching it, the whole mm-hmm. crew is watching it back at like uh, the ship, and there's just like you know that tension too because you're kind of in their place and not experiences. Experiencing it directly all the time. Yeah, right. it's 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 kind of nauseating. The whole like this is, and then they're, they're like, "Don't you can't come in. We're quarantined." And Ash is just like, "Bring him in." The whole the robot. He's a goddamn robot, right? When he's ki- trying to kill her, like with yeah. the rolled up magazine. A medical yeah. professional going against protocol is like a huge red flag. Yeah, right? <laughs> but that's. I mean, those are the kind of things that they were that they were playing with. The f- who who dies first. Not Kane, after Kane. It's Dallas, the captain, mm-hmm. the hero, the typical hero. And what do they have to fight this thing with? Well, it's got acid blood. That's a hell of a self-defense mechanism. Right. So he goes in there with, like, flashlights, motion detectors, and, and flamethrowers. Right. And, and a little, like, cattle prods. And you're like, you guys are way over your head. Right. You know? Well, they're truckers. They're truckers trying to... I've got a big toolbox, and we got a torch in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's make this torch into a weapon and the wrench. It, it's not, they don't have aliens level weaponry, right? Mm-hmm. Which aliens proved is not necessarily going to that beneficial. But now that we go and tie into uh, the dark star things, like the whole thermonuclear devices. And like, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, isn't the voice, the female voice, the same one that was an alien? Oh, it could be the played mother. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Um, so, you know, you've got like the, the comforting Mile Barrett kind of like self-destruct sequence initiated, you know, and please clear the elevator. Ship. Right. And then she has to rescue the I'm fucking intelligent cat. enough to know you're in here, but not intelligent enough to stop the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> that goddamn movie. Anyway, so, uh, if you have never seen Alien, I'm sorry and see it because I don't want to spoil anything for some, if I would like to see Alien with someone who has never seen it, never before. seen an alien. I don't know. I feel like you have okay. to like you'd have to have like a kid, Mikey, <laughs> and then I'm like I'm going to shoot so you, you, you forever, and okay. then I'm going to very purposefully put you in front of alien when you reach like oh what would be the primary age thirteen maybe no six 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 get your that's, kid. That's well, we're making we're raising a very specific kid. Um, I, I, I feel like Alien would be uh, when I first saw Psycho. 
Um, I first saw it in college, like way really? late. I just never saw it. It never came up. But I'd seen like three full-length parodies of it. I knew every beat in that movie except for the private detective because he's the least essential part of that movie. Yeah, but man, when he dies, the way he dies. Well, that was just it. Like him was the only surprise. Everything else, I knew what was coming. I knew every character. I, I still got freaked out even in scenes where I knew like the mother's downstairs and she ain't coming up on her own. Mm-hmm. But I like somebody saw the reflection in a mirror and jumped, and I went, "Oh God." The the atmosphere of the film still worked even knowing every plot point. Mm-hmm. I think Alien would be the same. You could completely spoil it. You could say who survives and how, but still, it's the dread of the atmosphere. Oh yeah, I definitely yeah. think like living in a culture where Alien has been parodied like umpteen times that loses none of its power. Mm-mm. Right, going back to it, it is a it is a it got, fantastic. The alien movie. got killed by a red squirrel in Conker's Bad Fur Day, and it didn't lose any of its power. It had to lose its power on its own with a couple of disappointing sequels and video games that weren't programmed well. Yeah, I uh, I think Alien you can rewatch, and you know, and Aliens I think is also uh, a fantastic movie. Oh yeah, I oh, mean yeah. to like even I watched the director's cut. I just I like that it is indicative of Alien, the original one. It's indicative of a movie that really gets by. On not having to the saturation of backstory, you know, like yeah, you, it implies like, a ton of backstory. But it, it's the same way with Star Wars, where it's just it's not saying all this happened. It's just a, a lived-in universe. Yeah, like, this thing here is obviously secondhand, but we don't need to know who owned it first. Sam, that's Lam- why the prequels failed. It's Sam, like, Lam- you know what? Let's explain too. everything that happened exactly. instead of just implying that stuff happened because right. it's the world. That's what uh, Sam Lamon uh, told me. The reason why he is going to uh, absolutely, he goes, I don't want to watch the television show Gotham. He mm. goes, he goes, because I don't give a fucking shit about his words, not mine. Oh yeah, about Bruce Wayne as a pampy. I I, I want to see Batman. Oh wait, a you mm-hmm. added the word pampy. Well, it's the whole Patton Oswalt bit. Yeah, about John Voight's ballsack. <laughs> yes. Like he doesn't like he likes Angelina Jolie. He doesn't care where Angelina Jolie came from. He just wants Angelina Jolie. You yeah. want some ice cream? <laughs> Here's a big bag of rock salts. Sean Voight's ballsack. We have reached a new. We have just leveled up. Double bill. Um, so thank yeah. you, Pat Oswalt. You're great. Thank you, I love thank you. you. Thank you, Pat Oswalt. I'll, I'll host a barbecue if you'll come. Um, like That's that. very dangerous. We could have a barbecue here. Bill Murray, I will host a barbecue if you come. No, Bill Murray will show up at one of your birthday parties in a karaoke room. <laughs> he'll he'll actually be wearing a Bigfoot costume and like or post could, pictures like no, this. He'll be wearing a Ghostbusters costume just for the viral effect of those photos. Oh my god, we've become so famous. Anyway, so um, Bill Murray, Pat Oswald, stop by. Uh, I'm in Northeast Minneapolis. Yeah. It's a great town. Co-host a double bill. We're looking for guests. <laughs> double bill with Bill. Uh, I can see it already. <laughs> so and um, we lost him. We, we did. So anyway. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the lived yeah. in the lived in part of the universe. The fact that we did not need to know that Ripley came from uh, Wisconsin or Oshkosh. yeah, we don't know how to. We don't need to know how a woman the, became the first officer of the ship. She just is the defiant. And I don't think that we need. I don't think as a society, reaching out, we don't need that anymore. Mm. I think that it's just something that's getting fed to us, like. Like, regardless of what we want. Like, let's give them a backstory. No. I think the idea that... And we talked about Blomkamp. But I think if even if Blomkamp did want to say, I am going to pretend oh, yeah, I think, that three... I think we talked about it before it was recording. Neil Blomkamp, if you don't know, is making a sequel, the next Alien movie. But he's making it as a sequel to Aliens and ignoring Alien 3 and Resurrection. I actually heard that that's not exactly what he meant. I oh. think he's trying to, like, backpedal a little bit yeah. from that. And I think so. I'm not exactly well, sure yeah. what he's doing. Well, now. we'll see what actually hits the market. But that was an announcement which may or may not be true by the time this airs. Right, and yeah, because the internet. Um, well, it was based on concept art mm. that he came up with, and the concept art was uh, an older Ripley. Clearly, it was Sigourney Weaver, older now, uh, in her early 60s, uh, and uh, Michael Biehn, who mm. said he's totally on board with like the facial scarring from when he mm. got splashed with the acid blood. Mm. Um, and like let's let's kind of power through it. My thing, I don't think in any universe it's going to really work because this is a property, as we've discussed, that is so popular and so big now that 
there are very few directions that it will go in to become successful. And trying to like, trying to like distribute it with nostalgia, the basis of nostalgia, is kind of like bringing back Michael Biehn to being like a Terminator movie. Mm-hmm. Or bringing back Schwarzenegger to be in a Terminator. Oh, wait, he is going to be in a Terminator movie, even though he's 66 no, years old. No, it's fine. They, they added programming to the Terminators at the age now, which explains why he looks like a, a Terminator that's been left in the microwave. <laughs> right, a hot dog has been left in the microwave. <laughs> and then they can... Well, I mean, in all fairness, and this... I mean, because there's there's probably... There is already fan fiction about Terminator, Alien, Predator bullshit that's already out there. Oh, yeah. So... so I mean, yeah. not just fan fiction, you know. Real, published works. Right, right. So... Yeah, it, and in fairness, I mean, Schwarzenegger is in better, better shape now than I have been at any point in my entire life. He's just not... Terminator shape anymore because well, no one is anymore. Well, he's well, what sixty some. He is sixty six years old. Give the guy a break. The, my, I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm, no, saying, I'm not hushing on. He cheated yeah, on his say. wife. I will not give him. A I break. will not give him a break. He's also looks like you said bootstrap leather. And lastly, if you guys ever in the podcasting universe, and this goes for both of you, mm-hmm. want a really good time just for fun, <laughs> rent a Schwarzenegger movie where there's commentary by Schwarzenegger. And I think I've mentioned this before. His Terminator Three commentary. Is the stuff of legend where he's like, and then people were saying, How do we get the shape to be naked to show up? And I'm like, Wait, and then that car that goes, and you watch, I go, I had the guns, and he goes, Butcher, butcher, butcher. And then the, the female terminator with the breasts that grow, and they're like, Look at how luscious, and the cop says, No, <laughs> it's great. It's, <laughs> we haven't done a double wheel with commentaries yet, have we? Hmm. So, anyway, let's uh, break and then maybe come back and compare and contrast. Yeah. Yes, yes. Compare these. So now we are comparing and contrasting these two efforts, the freshman and sophomore, if you don't count Dune, efforts of Dan O'Bannon, where he just said, hey, let's completely swap the genres and see how that works. Yeah, let's start with that statement, because I think it's incredibly reductive, because I don't really think they're really similar movies at all. (laughs) So let's go there. So what is similar? Space truckers. I mean, the space trucker, the the blue collar vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's aliens in right. both movies. Uh, uh, at one point in Dark they Star... They are totally opposite ends of the spectrum aliens. Right. <laughs> yeah. At one point in Dark Star, the guy does the knife trick with his hand. Well, uh, well, well I'm going to backpedal that a little bit. I mean, that beach ball was ball-shaped, and the alien was definitely penile-influenced. So, mm-hmm. I mean, draw what conclusions that you so want. So, Bannon basically made two movies that resembled the dick and balls. Sure, sure. Sing- like, singular. Ball. Singular. He, if he'd ever made a Dark Star sequel. Well, no, it's an orca- it was as a guy that suffered an orchidectomy, so he had one of them removed. Um. <laughs> wow! You just pulled that word right out. No. So <laughs> He had that at the ready. I think the easiest, da, da, thing, da, 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 da. The easiest thing to say right now is that it... The, the superior movie, um, if we're all in agreement, is Alien. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to take the controversial stand that Dark Star is better than Alien. Dark Star... And that Neil Blomkamp should be making a sequel to Dark Star. Right. Well... <laughs> but you know, I actually, actually, that would probably be more fertile ground for him. For him, with the whole, like, he, his whole social, political commentary he has. Oh, and yeah. it would be filmed in South Africa... And it would probably have to do with, like, class warfare. You know, I, I, well, yeah, sure. that, that, that's the problem with Blomkamp, is, like, we've kind of pigeonholed him into this kind of, like, oh, he has to do social commentary movies. Right. And now he feels like he has to do social, social commentary, commentary sci-fi, movies. no less. Yeah, Topless, exactly. Topless Robot said that. They're like, Blomkamp is going to... They're like, if, if he's going to do a Blomkamp movie, he's going to ham-fist, like, some sort of political message into it. And when, really, at the end of the day, all we want is Space Marines... Blowing the shit out of aliens and vice versa, and swarm. No, well, that's not necessarily what I want. Well, (laughs) what they said. But I don't want my I don't want my like social commentary like ham fisted like hit me over the head. Right, right. Well, we want. I want to be able to be like you know this movie might be saying this, it might be saying that. Well, like the way that Alien is about rape. Like it's not. Nobody stands up at the end and goes, "This was about rape." They forced themselves upon us. It, it's something where you go back later and you go, Dan oh my God. took that scrawl out. This story is really about rape. Yeah. <laughs> I really Ray. wanted to... He was going to write the movie. He was going to write the movie The Accused and he just came up with Alien. Um, what we want from an Alien movie, since we're, we're not going to talk about Dark Star because it was bad, um, but we want the Alien on Earth 
overrunning the population, which Alien 3 was originally going to be about. Mm-hmm. The escalation was going to be that bomb was going to come down on Earth. <sighs> And just like, and I and and I think the intent was Prometheus was for those whatever things they were intending to do that. Dumb, dumb. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, guys, I'm pretty sure I read that Prometheus is not an alien movie. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm pretty sure they said that, despite all the similarities everywhere. Um, He's a liar, pants. Yep. So yeah. So yeah. In a lot of ways, Alien was funnier than Dark Star. They had some joke lines. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but like the joke lines, like in Dark Star, like no joke line is really punctuated by anything. Whereas in Alien, I think like you know you're supposed to laugh here. This mm-hmm. is meant to be like sort of that valve where you're going to kind of release some of your tension. Whereas Dark Star is just like I think you're supposed to interpret it as a comedy, but it's not like it's not like I think a that's just from comedy because we've got this list of genres and it's got to be one. And I chuckled a few times during Dark Star, but it was nothing yeah. like, uh, oh my god, that's hilarious! Well, he's got a mustache. But that was about it. Why didn't the alien in Dark Star have a big 70s beard? I think that would have sold it. You think so? You yeah, think that would have yeah. done it for you? Yeah. It, yeah. Goatee? Like Neil Young. Or just like an afro? No, no, like a bull, full bushy beard like Hollow Notes. It's interesting that they kept the captain on ice in Dark Star and the first casualty they have in the movie, uh, in, in Alien, uh, Kane, uh, has that very, it's a very, it's not even done like with reverence or anything. He just is like, does anybody want to say anything? Poop. Pushes a button. Foot. There goes the body out, just like burial at sea. And he was know? a likable character. Yeah. yeah. People liked him. Yeah, yeah. Kane was great. And I just like how they're going to buy dinner and they're all having spaghetti. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... You know, go. So, uh, can you clear something up for me about Alien? Because I was watching it this this time. And so, you know, Ash, like, clears Kane to go have dinner or in the cafeteria in the mess, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he had to have known something was there, right? He would have scanned Kane. He would have known it was there. The chestburster scheme, he was just waiting for something to play out. Oh, yeah. Probably, yeah. Right? I just wanted to clarify that because that's what it seemed like to me, though the movie, like, forces you to kind of put that together but you know well part of that's plot convenience because the smart thing to do both from a everybody's legit on the spaceship and one of them's a a secret evil agent for the company the smart thing from both areas is to put Kane on ice put him in suspended animation take him back to earth and check him out because if you do that and everybody's legit then it saves his life and if, if one person isn't legit then it also saves the alien for the company so the fact that that didn't happen is just one of the is like the one every movie has one thing where it's like I have to accept this is real or else the movie doesn't exist well and the, the uh, there's a little, it's like we could play out like scenarios like okay so put him on ice or what happens if you know his, his orders were like come back secure specimen uh, crew in, inconsequential you know as is, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, the, what are the, yeah that's what mother says yeah, yeah you know and so they're just like well, what happens at the end of it when the aliens was just like kind of frassing around, having a good time, and then comes across Ash, and you know it's been killing everybody. We don't know if it's eating them or whatever it's doing. It's just killing them, you know. And then it comes across Ash, and this probably like pulls him apart. Well, who's flying the fucking ship? Mm-hmm. Who's who's is it like a, is it a targeted course back towards Earth? You know, or I mean, the alien just knows self-preservation. That's why the alien gets on the stupid fucking uh, escape pod. And I'm sorry, in terms of like iconic, iconic imagery, that fantastic final piece on the escape pod oh, yeah, where you just see the tail burn. that like comes out and you're like, ah, like yeah, you're just, oh. She's doing it stuff and the so head just well. shifts. Yeah. yeah. And you've been staring at it for most of a minute. And you know it's, you don't, you don't know it's there until like it starts to move. Mm-hmm. And then it you just, get, and then you get Sigourney Weaver. It's just the cat in her lap pants. just resettling. In her weird seventies underpants. Uh, it's I'm fine with that. I'm I, it I am the continuously distracts me because like they, that cut doesn't exist anymore. Movie, you're behind the times. Sigourney, I'm the key master. Wow. All right. <laughs> you're, what you're saying, along with their like monitor like tech, the underwear tech is also yeah. Correct. Seriously, <laughs> it's it's distracting. <laughs> the CG and and um, lady pants have upgraded significantly in the last forty years. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, I don't know what else to say about these two movies. Not a bit. Yeah. I mean, Who's they, next, yeah. by the way? Uh, we have a nugget that we have to do, and we that do? is uh, your yeah. nugget. So that's so your tell us, tell us what you're doing for your nugget. Oh, since the dawn of nuggets, 
I have thought of this. No. Uh, we were going to be doing Gross. Lady Marmalade. Uh, the original 1975 version uh, with Patti LaBelle. Ooh. And then we're going to watch that. And then we're going to watch the uh, 2001 version that was utilized as a promotion and in the movie uh, Moulin Rouge. You do not have to watch Moulin Rouge. You do not have to watch it. Oh, the you video, should. It's fun. The video, uh, back when MTV actually aired videos, was... Uh, oh, yeah. Was, was like I a, remember college. Was like a super was like a super stacker Voltron version that had pink Maya... What happened to Maya? Seriously. Christina Aguilera at the height of her powers before she became on The Voice. And then inexplicably, Lil' Kim. We'll talk about it on The Nugget. Please tune in to listen to it. It was during Lil' Kim's one month of relevance. Right. My coworker was really appreciative of The Nugget. She was like, I can get on board with these. They're only 20 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike this episode, which is probably going to about one hour 20 here. Which is why Mikey... We love you, listeners. Which is why Mikey just should not be cocktailing while he talks, because it's <laughs> blabba, blabba, blabba. Is he hot? You guys just watched a movie that none of us are going to watch. <laughs> if your podcast is longer than both of those movies put together, that's a too long a podcast. Well, I, you know, we actually probably went longer than how long Dark Star actually right. is. <laughs> oh, God, definitely. Yeah, because Dark that's, Star is like 70 minutes. We were also funnier. Just throwing that in Well, I had the exercise ball, so we just need to like roll that around and call it an alien, then you can... Ah, uh, it's got my leg. Ah, uh, ay. Oh, no. Help me. Help. No, I'm fine. All right. Until next time, this our, is four, our four listeners, this is Double Bill, and we love you. This is Double Bill. You can listen to more great podcasts uh, like Double Bill at the Noise Picnic Network, like Totes Recall, the other ones that are not coming to my moment <laughs> because I forgot to bring them up on my phone. But they're, they're all there. They're all there, ladies and gentlemen. But mostly us. Mostly us. Yeah, yeah I mean, Apparently Totes Recall. Totes Recall. And Totes Recall. I, I, I can remember Totes Recall because I just watched or listened to their most recent episode on Twister, okay. which was mm. fun. I've been listening oh, to... Oh, I recall Twister. I totes recall that. <laughs> totes my goats. Approps. That's our podcast, folks. We out! Double Bill, Double Bill. Comparing culture, it's Double Bill. Putting two things together, it's Double Bill. It's Double Bill. Things on! Things on! And apparently jazz hands. <laughs>